Wish you step back from that ledge, my friend. All right. All right. Let's do an awkward intro then. Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. I thought you were doing uh, the. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, I brought an entire Yamaha keyboard (laughs) out to the garage with me to. fuck with you guys but not too much no fair enough i think the next time i see one at a garage sale i might grab one of those yeah sorry it seems a lot of fun with it yeah. seems like the uh mascot of the podcast that pod people has gotten out of- it's been a while since we've heard from the mascot yeah. of the podcast where you been he's been running around the front yard i guess oh oh no i should on that note ah on that note i'm looking up some fucking garage sales I don't know how to play. I need to learn. My great-grandmother had a piano that I would dick around with as a kid, but nobody ever taught me. Yeah, same. Uh, still sitting in my grandmother's... Got him. Got him. Got him. Got him. Got him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was something to come back to. Fucking <laughs> okay, dog. Anyway. Uh, so an awkward intro, then. Wow. <laughs> that what? was... <laughs> <laughs> What is happening? And the fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, because of course. (laughs) Pardon me. Hi, everyone. Uh, Hi. Good evening. (laughs) What a a, a start you have here. Get up, get up, get up. (laughs) How's everyone? We're going to need to take that away from Zach. (laughs) Yeah, chill chill out there, Gene Belcher. I will. I will. Okay. I got an assortment of beverages here. Strawberry oh. melon brisk. Right oh, that's brisk, baby. Some uh, carbonated moose piss, as uh, Paul would say. Nice. I, nice. I didn't say it. My friend said it. Yes. But I'm quoting a shark. I, I picked up a case of the uh, alcoholic Baja Blast, and oh. it's uh, it's not bad, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking some Apothic Red from the uh, Robin McDonald's mug. Nice. For nice. Batman forever. Nice. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, mm. All right, it has been a long day, and I am excited to talk about a uh, movie. Indeed, uh, we have a little housekeeping that you can help us with here. Yeah, you know, we hadn't been doing uh, the National Film Registry on this series, which I, I think we need to keep track of. Yeah, I think you probably named all the movies in the main series by talking about but, years or whatever. But yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, I I don't. It's been a while. That. Oh jeez! There it goes. <laughs> uh, so I thought we'd uh, we'd catch up on the the films we have covered already. See if we couldn't guess some years that they went in. Ooh, yes. Or see if you remember what years some of them went in when we get to those. Mm. All right. Since we will be doing second episodes on a lot of things later. And just a reminder here: is it ninety one? Nineteen eighty nine is 89. the year. Okay. Is the is the first year. Right. And we'll That's also, right. since we're already doing the cold open, we'll also include this the movie that we're covering this week in. Okay. All right. So um, we'll start with 1940, which has a lot of films that sure. got into the registry, including, I'll just hit some highlights here. Uh, the W.C. Fields film, The Bank Dick, uh, Fantasia, John Ford's Grapes of Wrath, uh, The Great Dictator. 
It's a lot of dicks. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia story and uh, the best picture winner, Rebecca, which went in in 2018. Uh, so do we want to take a guess on whether or not the great McGinty got in and what year it went in? I'm going to say it didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like it did. You would both be correct. The great okay. McGinty is not in the National Film Registry. Okay. So one for one. Okay. Now, this one's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> okay. 1941, Citizen Kane is the film. 1941, not as many films as 1940, but uh, Best Picture winner, How Green Was My Valley, goes in in 1990. Mm-hmm. Dumbo is in, and uh, Maltese Falcon, and Best Picture nominee, Sergeant York, also in. Damn. Maltese. So, so, I know it's going to be difficult, but did it get in? What year do you think it went? 89. 89. Man, I don't know how you guys got that. That was <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, if the film registry had started in like 1950 or something, maybe not right away. But by 89, it, it was on its status. Yeah. Yep. Indeed, you are correct. So, we will move on to 1942. The film was Woman of the Year. Now, uh, other films from 42 that got in, of course, Best Picture winner Casablanca goes in in 1989. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, uh, the quote unquote. No, never mind. I'm not even going to mention it. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, but of course, that wins for 43. So, yeah, but uh, it, it is labeled as 42. And also Best Picture winner Mrs. Miniver goes in in 2009. Nice. Uh, other films include uh, Best Screenplay nominee, Road to Morocco, which I have feelings on, uh, To Be or Not to Be, and uh, Bambi. Bambi. Keeping, keeping the Disney train going here. Oh, and Magnificent Ambersons also goes in. So the question is, did Woman of the Year get in, and what year do you think it went in? I want to say it didn't. I must confess that I... I think I read once that it was in. I can't remember the year, though, so I'm going to have to guess. And my guess is 99. Zach, on the money. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> 1999. I was, okay. I, I was thinking 97 or 99, but I went with 99 on my feelings, so I got lucky there. There you go. All right. And finally, we'll cover this entry. Princess O'Rourke. For 1943, uh, also 1943 films that went in, Cabin in the Sky, mm-hmm. Gang's All Here, Lassie Come Home, and uh, The Oxbow Incident. So, did Princess O'Rourke get in? And do you think I'm going with no. I'm, I'm going to go with no as well. Ooh, a couple of no's. Well, the no's have it. It did not get in. <sighs> okay, so, so Zach... Goes a perfect four for four. Well done, sir. Hooray! And Jonathan gets five for fighting. Enjoy your time <laughs> at the penalty box. You jerk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie.
Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worthy Podcast. Sure, we try to dis- where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. What film are we watching this week, Zach? We're watching Princess O'Rourke. And I believe there's a line in the film itself that proclaims it's a reverse Cinderella type story where an unknowing American pilot is shoved into a love triangle with the royal family. Sort of. Excellent. Like that. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. And is this everybody's first time watching Princess O'Rourke? Yes. Yes. That is a yes for me. So Oscar firsties all around. Work on it, Zach. Yeah, you're right. So uh, let's get into an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Oscar breakdown time. Princess O'Rourke wins best original screenplay, giving Norman Crossan Academy Award. Also, uh, this is the second film that we have covered in these four these four episodes, where this was. No, third. Third, where this was uh, the director's slash writer's first direct film directing. Wow. All right. Okay. McGinty with Preston Sturges. And Orson Welles. Susan Kane. Yeah. Nice. So so all all three of them, this is their directorial debut. And they wrote and direct. Right. Mm. Uh, so uh Princess O'Rourke beats out. Air Force, writer, written by Dudley Nichols, in which we serve, written by Noel Coward, the North Star, uh, written by Lillian Hellman, and so proudly we hail, written by Al- Alan Scott, and uh, I was trying to see if Lillian Hale was the first woman nominated for the award. I think that might be correct. Lillian Hellman. I will have to look that up. Okay. So, I'm sorry, I was not prepared for that. That's okay. Me either. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That that's the Oscar breakdown for Princess Overwork. One hundred percent. Okay. Nice. Well, let's talk about this film. Yes. Let's talk about this film. Um, I liked it. You know, I had a good time. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. My wife caught me going. Hey, what are you laughing at? And I was like, I'm this movie. It was the end of the movie, but it was this movie. <laughs> I thought that the, the whole, uh, I tipped him a buck and he kept it. <laughs> I thought that shit was great. <laughs> Just a yeah. good time all around. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, cute. It was... I, I, I will say it took to about the third act for me to go, okay, I'm kind of into this now. Mm. Uh, it, it felt a little slow. And even though it was a pretty short film, uh, I don't know. I just kind of like, the, the middle just felt like it dragged on quite a bit there. I'll I'll say, yeah, the, uh, that's exactly it. I'll say I was kind of into it from the start. And then the middle happens, and I'm like, okay, fine. And then yeah. and then everything, the whole third act picks up, and I'm I'm just back on board. I'm having a great time. Mm. Yeah. I I ride with that. I um you know sometimes I again from the modern perspective struggle with some of those movies where uh, the guy aggressively proposes to a woman, but I mean, it was wartime and it's uh, happened a lot, but I, I didn't really think they had that much chemistry going on, but I don't know. 
could have just been me. Mm-hmm. I kind of took that in that uh, fairy tale, you know, love happens quickly sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, was this a, a thing of the times where it's like, I guess we meet him and marry him that day. Like that, that may happen. Sure, cool. You know, right. I'm willing. I'm willing to you know suspend belief for the sake of uh, time in yeah. a film. I think right. also a problem I had is a very personal problem because I don't have a lot of uh, experience with Robert Cummings as an actor. I I think I've seen him in Dial M for Murder, but I don't know if I'd really seen much else. But. I kept wishing he was Jimmy Stewart <laughs> or thinking he was like giving Kmart version of Jimmy Stewart vibes, which is probably a total disservice to him. Like I said, I don't know him as an actor, but I would say I, I like everything he was doing in this movie. I, I thought he was charming and he, he was definitely brought in as a Jimmy Stewart esque type for this movie, mm. but I think he fills the role quite well. Yeah. Yeah, it's decent. It, 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 yeah. it does a good job. Um, I yeah, I kept kind of thinking of uh, you can't take it with you while I was watching this movie, like in the similar kind of vibes of uh, the dynamics of the different types of families. Not not at all like the, those families, but just like the scenario in a way. Anyway, yeah. And now I I, uh, I I don't think this was a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. I think no. it was, yeah. I think it veers a little too hard into the propaganda. Yeah, that came up kind of. But like you said, uh, you said before, in this kind of time, these years, you kind of expect it. I'll, I'll say because I didn't really know anything about this film going in. Right. I, I read the back of the box and uh, my sister-in-law was with me on... Saturday when I watched this or Sunday, whichever day it was. Mm. And um, she's intellectually disabled. So she doesn't process like drama really well. Mm -hmm. Like, like real high stakes drama. And I can't watch anything that's like remotely violent with her around. Uh, And I read the back of the box. I was like, Oh, this sounds like this is right up her alley. Mm -hmm. And it was, she loved it. Um, But yeah, like, I was I was kind of shocked that, that that didn't kind of take her out of the movie, that it veers like so drastically into that section. Mm-hmm. But and I guess it's maybe because like White Christmas is one of her favorite movies. And that's it. That's a oh, very, yeah. very, very pro military film, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I got the like, I mean, that is the moment where I was like, hmm, where he's where they're just like the whole lose my citizenship thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, yeah, World War II film. Let's, gotta, yeah, okay. Roll with it for these few years. Because, like, uh, personally, sign me the fuck up. Like, I mean, at that <laughs> at that moment, I was like, oh, I don't got to worry about my kids. I don't have to. I think if this movie comes out five years before this, that's absolutely how this ending goes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you mean that I could just go be. A rich guy in another country? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, it, it, I don't think that there is a pen that I could write fast enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I think uh, I have a couple thoughts. Maybe if we talk more directly about the writing now. But, um, yeah. I, no, of course. Know, 
Okay, yeah, we can we can shift into talking about the script now. I uh, I think it was like mostly cute and inoffensive. There was some good uh, physical comedy, especially when she was on the sleeping pills and stuff. I mean, that was a silly kind of scene where you know everybody in the plane was like, "Oops, we gave her an extra one." Yeah. Um, and I thought we were going to have an overboard movie, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, you know, she's speaking French and all, and it was sweet. It was, it was cute and funny. Um, I do like, you know, before we get to the line about, you know, giving up your citizenship to be the prince, at least we had the little hints along the way that he wasn't, he was growing more and more uncomfortable with the position he was going to be in. Like, you know, right. His friends were like looking at him questioningly and everything was suddenly very serious. And like when they're on the train, he's like, I don't know if I want to do this. I too independent. And then of course, American independence. Yeah. So I like that it hinted towards it rather than just kind of pulled out the rug real fast. Right. Like there, there is a character progression into it. And I, mm-hmm. I think the writing is smart to do that, but it's, I guess that it, that just comes down to like a personal stance on would would I give up my American citizenship to to be with this woman I love and you know just get to gallivant around as the prince of the country that she is princess of? Yes, the unnamed country. Sure. Yes, sure. That's <laughs> why not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I find it hard. I, I I find it difficult to wrap my head around the why not. I I don't understand why you wouldn't. I guess that's just a now thing, but I, I can mean, never not see myself at any time in history ever going be with the woman I love and be rich. What the fuck? I don't understand her. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess nationalism has never been a thing for me. So right. Right, and you you think it should be a thing for me being an army brat, but I, yeah, I'm just it's just not. Yeah, and, I, um, I I have loose ties to the sports teams that I enjoy. Yeah, like, <laughs> the the invisible boundaries of a land does not affect me in any way. Right, and I'll make jokes about like disliking sports teams, but like I'm a Braves fan. My my one of my best friends here is a Mets fan, so. It only matters so much. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I almost kind of was worried about the ending of the movie, like following, you know, woman of the year where we, he makes his big speech about, you know, being a slave. Oh, that's, that's the one thing that really bothered me about the writing. (laughs) Lincoln slave, free the slaves, but he couldn't slay free me. I'll say, I'll say it knocked a few points off for me. Like as soon as they walked into the, uh, the Lincoln bedroom, they're like, this is where the Emancip- Emancipation Proclamation was written. And he's like, oh, this is where they freed the slaves. Oh, now, no, don't, don't let that come back. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? Did, was the dog's name Lincoln? The dog? Because I think, was, wasn't it? Wasn't that? I thought that was the joke as well, that Lincoln helped free her. Because I thought uh, that was the name of the dog. But I, I could be wrong. If not, they missed an opportunity, I guess, to... Uh, now the dog's really name is a joke. Well, the dog's name is Fala, which is oh, okay. Roosevelt's real dog's name. Gotcha. And I think it is Roosevelt's real dog, at least the, the said in on Wikipedia or something that it was his real dog in uh, part because he was like a famous dog actor or something. There was a quote, be. a quote something about uh Crossna saying or 
Is it Krasna saying no no dog body doubles? Gotcha. Anyway. Ah, but yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know, when missed he, opportunity. When he's standing up and making the speech about you know his uh, citizenship and you know her being a slave to, I I was like, you're you're talking to a princess and she is a member of royalty and and she'd been very you know seemed very strong and proud and um like you you've only known this woman for a few days and you're asking her to abandon her country but then you really do see that um her uncle is a an asshole and and maybe it's not all worth it maybe it's not really what she wants so 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 i think that's something that you can kind of even be if you really want to be that guy to dig deeper than what the movie intends on how the monarchy has no actual loyalty to the country itself, but to the monarchy mm-hmm. itself. So, yeah. you know, she never mentions, you know, the country or her love for, she's doing it for her country. She's doing it for her family. She's that's, that's true. So again, that's, that's one of those like digging deeper than you need to sort of things. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, I will also say I am a huge fan of gags and the, uh, the monocle falling is always something that I enjoy. Oh, I love a good monocle popping out. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I found that, I found that note, Zach, and that's, uh, apparently according to Ben Mankiewicz, uh, the grandson of citizen Kane scribe and Oscar winner, Herman Mankiewicz said it on a, uh, Turner classic movies broadcast of this movie. Oh, okay. That it was really nice. FDR's dog. Yes. Okay. Nice. Nice. And some the White House scenes. Some of the White House scenes were actually shot in the White House. I don't know. Overall, yeah. um, I liked it. It, it was a little slight in ways, um, and I don't know. Sometimes it didn't always seem like Olivia Olivia De Havilland was like into it, but then there's some reasons there why she. I was, was gonna uh, say I we got a whole conversation coming up on yeah. that, so just so, hold on to those. Okay, okay, so I'm curious on if that might have to do with a certain scene in a bathtub. No, it has a whole oh, okay. lot to do with the politics of Hollywood at the time and how okay. this movie how this movie changed Hollywood. Nice. Yeah. Well, real quick, I want to talk about the bathtub scene. I'm surprised that happened because I'm pretty sure that water was a lot clearer than they intended. Probably. Little, I'm not saying like I was trying to like really look into the 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 camera were, there, but uh yeah. You were uh, Olivia having to try to get a peek. <laughs> it was it, it was a stretch, sir, but I'm gonna allow it because it was good. So I'm I've had a little too much apothic red. That sounded better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that rhymed. Um, so you're a poet. But yeah, that, the water was uh, a bit lower than I expected. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. I don't know yeah. when Paul was going to cover that point. That when we note. were done talking about the movie. Well, I think... Do you guys have any more notes? Um, I really like Charles Coburn in this film. The mm-hmm. uncle. Yeah. I... <sighs> When it comes to the writing, I feel like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of wishy-washy characters in the sense of, all right, so he's the hard ass. And then all of a sudden he's on her side. So we're like, oh, he's doing it. And she's letting her because, you know, she, she likes him and it's, you know, he can, he's going to make boys, but you know, and then kind of turns into the villain in the end. And I, I think. <laughs> I think he is consistent throughout the whole thing. I don't think he wishy washes. I think what happens is, as you said, he's he's like, hey, 
this guy's good stock. He's he's from nine boys who are from nine boys or whatever, and yeah, he'll give us nine boys. Yeah. And the you know some generations have had trouble getting boys, so we got to get them boys. And that's all his like whole yeah his whole deal. Like, but he has uh, a moment when he when he does the whole you know what if we found one with this name thing and then kind of you, you see a softness about him at that moment and you're just and like, i mean he's oh. talking to his niece who he does yeah. love so i think he he can be playful and coy yeah and and he's just like researched this dude behind her back so he's kind of like letting easing her into it yeah i think you know he's a political opportunist so he he sees the chance for the allegiance with the military uh, American military guy. Sure. And he's like, okay, so I'd want her to feel like she's making the choice, not me. So how do I play this? Um, so I, I look at it as all political maneuvering. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, but I, I really like Coburn's performance and oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I also sure. liked him. He's the, uh, the titular devil and the devil and, and miss Jones, which I thought was a very sweet movie. And that was also written by uh, Norman Krasnow, wasn't it? I believe so. And was it that that was one of the nominated movies a couple of years ago. So and you watched it, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, I watched it very recently. Cool. Uh, but it was a good time, and I really enjoyed it. Good. Nice. I was looking at something, sorry. Yeah. Like Corey signed an agreement with Gene Arthur and Arthur's husband, Frank Ross, to write and produce a film. That film became The Devil and Miss Jones. Nice. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring up this uh, thing you want to talk about here. All right. So this film inadvertently changes Hollywood because Olivia de Havilland, the amazing actress that she is, who was pretty much being kept down by the studio, uh, which I believe she was under contract to MGM. Uh, she was being kept down by the studio because they kept trying to give her parts she didn't want. And she kept lobbying for parts she really wanted and losing out to them because MGM wouldn't give it to her or loan her out to other studios because the studios in this era had all of the power. Mm -hmm. The stars were selling the tickets, but the studios had full control over the stars. They had them under contract for generally the, the contract was for seven years. So an actor would come into a studio, sign a seven-year contract, and the studio would treat them however they wanted to, put them in whatever movies they wanted to, and if the, the actors refused, they could be put on suspension. And Olivia de Havilland was refusing a lot of projects. And any time they got put on suspension, they would also put their contract on pause. And then add whatever time they had suspended them to the end of their contract. Oh, wow. Yes. So a seven year contract, but end up coming a much longer contract. It's like, well, now you're suspended for three months and now your contract is for seven years and three months. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if during that suspension, if the contract is on hold, are they allowed to go to other studios during that time? They are not. Because mm. it would break their contract because they are exclusive players to other studios. Mm. I mean, you know, you can't get suspended from your high school and suddenly just go to another high school for that amount of time. Mm. Since you 
Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, they were so, like typecasting her as all these little innocent ingenues, a, a lot like this character. Yeah. Um, uh, so Olivia de Havilland did not really want to do this movie, and I think she's really good in this movie. Yeah, but it wasn't like a role that she was very excited to do. And after some suspensions and this role, she decided enough was enough, and she sued MGM to get them to stop doing this bullshit to her. Uh, apparently, this also says uh, Cummings sued his studio as well. I didn't look into that as much. Mm. Um, so, Olivia de Havilland takes MGM to court over the amount of time that she is signed under contract, saying, if I'm under contract for seven years you should not be allowed to tack more time onto my contract because you decided to play ball. Mm-hmm. And she wins and nice. changes and changes the way that Hollywood contracts are done for the rest of time. Amazing. Thanks. And they name it after her, don't they? Mm-hmm. The de Havilland rule. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So now studios can't, can't do that anymore. And, it starts giving stars a lot more powers in how that they're treated at their studios and Olivia de Havilland, whether it's a thank you for saving their lives or what goes on to win two Academy Awards after this. Nice. So she knew what she was worth and she took that shit to court and what an amazing woman. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Indeed. All right. Well, I think it's now time for our uh, worsty judgments. And Zach, hello. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Um. So let's see. This is 1943, correct? Correct. Now, is this the Academy Awards where Casablanca wins? That is correct. But yeah. Is that an adapted screenplay? Yeah, it's adapted from a play. That's what I thought. Yeah, all my all my favorites and from this year are adapted again. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah, funny. and and it wins it it wins that. Honestly, like I don't I don't really like this category. Go on, sorry. Oh, you're fine. But so unfortunately, uh, another year where I haven't seen any of the other nominees. I wanted I really wanted to watch in which we serve because you know that's David Lean directorial mm-hmm. debut. I didn't get to see it. So. uh I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, you know, I was kind of in the middle about this film. I don't know that I would have necessarily awarded it, but again, I don't have anything to compare it to. So I have to say, sure, it deserved it. Fair enough. Um, kind of in the same boat. Uh, the only thing is, you know, looking at the other nominees, this, this is what the least war film of them all. <laughs> appears. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no war, like active war in this one. Yeah, but there there are people who say that there is a war going on. So, yeah, but that's about it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, uh, as uh, Zach mentioned, I had not seen any of them as well. It's fine. So, sure. Yeah. Paul? Um, one note real quick. Uh, Charles Coburn apparently wins Best Supporting Actor this year for The More the Merrier. Oh, good for him. Not this film, but he wins. But he beats Claude Rains for Casablanca, and I'm not sure. Oh, no. that. Claude Rains wanted his role in, in 
Princess O'Rourke. Nice. Interesting. Uh, God, I love Claude Rains. He would have been amazing in this film. Yeah. All right. Um, so I did not get to watch In Which We Serve the North Star. I had a very busy week, and I try to watch what I can. And I just missed out on those two. And I really want to go back and watch In Which We Serve. Because as you said, I love David Lean. Mm-hmm. I love Noel Coward. That mm-hmm. that should have been the first one on my list. But uh, I just didn't get to it. Right. I also didn't get to the North Star. Sorry, Lillian Hellman. Um, I also want to see that one because Dana Andrews and Walter Brennan are in it. And I'm a big fan of both of them. Mm-hmm. So I did watch the other two. However, bottom of my list and based on the plots of the other two, probably going to stay at the bottom of the list. Air Force. It was just about uh, a crew, a plane crew in World War. Uh, right. Let me get my thoughts together. So this Air Force plane crew uh, is trying to make it to Pearl Harbor when Pearl Harbor gets bombed. And then they're forced to travel for like three straight days of continuous flying to try to find a place to land. And it was mostly dull. I, I usually like Howard Hawks. This is not one of my favorite films is. Yeah. I just was, I mostly found this film uninteresting. I Jonathan for about 20 minutes in it. And I just didn't feel like I needed to go back and revisit anything that I missed. Cause I don't feel like I missed anything. So, so that film staying down there. Uh, and then, uh, so proudly we hail is going to go above that. Uh, it's a film about nurses in the Philippines during world war two. Because okay. I, I do not understand how this conflict is going on. And people are just like, let's, yeah, more more war on screen. Shit, shit's wild to me. Hmm. Uh, but that being said, this was actually a pretty good film. And I really love Claudette Colbert. Hmm. She is a, an amazing actress and very easy to look at. Yeah. As is Veronica Lake, as was Paulette Goddard, all three of them. Just excellent in this film. And uh, for the most part, I, I I was affected by this film. But my least favorite part about this whole movie is that why can't we just have nurses in the Philippines without all of them having to fall in love? Yeah. I hate that. I fucking hate that. And it's bullshit. Yep. I'm not saying it, it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. Maybe but, one, but they all yeah. three. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I think... So Veronica Lake's character doesn't fall in love in the movie, but her character motivations through the movie is that the man she loved died. Oh, so her whole character motivation still revolves around a man. Yeah. Like these three women couldn't just be like, Hey, we need, we need to serve our country and we need to do what we can. And we became nurses and that's what we could do. And now we're going to go, be nurses yeah. on the front lines and it could have been just as good, but all three of them have to fall in love. Yeah. But one of them gets to fall in love with George Reeve. Love Superman. There's uh, <laughs> actually a real funny scene where uh, one of the characters is talking to uh, a couple of Filipino children. She's telling them about how amazing Superman is. And they're like, Oh, Superman's so great. Why didn't he show up with the Marines? Like he did. George Reeves, he's right over there. Nice. <laughs> awesome. 
So anyway, it was a good movie. I could have done without the love stories, and I'm a guy who loves the love story. I like this. I like Princess O'Rourke, which is a good love story. Yeah. Um, Be nice to get a love story that can still pass the Bechtel test. Yeah. And and that film definitely passes. There's there's entire conversations about women wanting to eat tomatoes. Um, just a character. Sure. One of the characters <laughs> in the movie. It's just they're like, if you could be at home right now, what would you do? She's like, I'd love to eat a tomato. She does like three times in the movie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Princess O'Rourke. If I had to rank it. I think I'm putting it just slightly under so proudly we hail without having seen the other two. I I think that's where that that's going to go. But you know what? I thought this was nice. I think it's going to be a a shame later when we're not watching as many comedies. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with a yes. I think this one deserved it because I want to I want to watch a a lot of comedies in this category. And I know we're not going to get a lot of them. Yep. We're going to get more comedies in this one than probably in the adapted side. So, sure. All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best original screenplay? No. I'm, uh, I've am i been kind of mixed in my thoughts and my feelings, still kind of formulating exactly how I feel about it. But ultimately, it's it, it was a good movie, and it didn't piss me off like uh, Woman of the Year. I gave it three stars. You know, three stars. So it's not the worst. Okay. I, uh... Pretty much in the exact same boat as you. I uh, I got it in between Great McGinty and Woman of the Year. I think Woman of the Year might have been a better story, but it was a bit more problematic. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, I think Princess O'Rourke, like you said, I audibly laughed multiple times in this film. Um, I like it when an old film that has old jokes still makes you laugh. So, yeah, definitely not the worst. But it's at the, it's close. It's close. Close. It's like second to worst right now. Paul. Um, no, it's not the worst. Uh, I I pretty much gonna parrot a lot of things Jonathan said. I I think it's a charming film. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I I could deal without a little bit of the the propaganda, uh, which you know it's been interesting watching. The films we're watching for this versus mm-hmm. the films we're watching for Thurisawa. Right. And, and seeing the difference in how uh, countries formulate their propaganda. So, Absolutely. uh, while, while that, I think that drags the film down some, I don't think it drags it down to a unenjoyable level. Uh, and, and it was the time. So, like that, that fervor is just in the air. And I think it not only, captures the feeling of how people just your average people were feeling about yeah. America in the 1940s. Right. So it, it does stand as that. Uh, but uh, I, I think I'm giving it three and a half and I'm placing it at my number three right now. So it is also under McGinty and above woman of the year. Indeed. All right. Well, we're all uh, similar lists right now. I think so. Interesting to see when this veers. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it this week. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the TikTok, the Twitch, and at Letterbox at Altorn underscore Occam. This week, 
I watched the Planet of the Apes movies because goddamn, they're so fucking good. Like, if you just want something where you're just like, I don't know what to watch. I'm gonna put in the Planet of the Apes movies, the new ones, uh, the, 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 the prequels, the, the, the prequels. So there's, uh, there's no bad Planet of the Apes movie. There, I, I 100% agree. Mm. Um, it, it it's tougher sometimes to get into the older ones. You kind of have to be in a mood set for me. Uh, but the uh, goddamn dude, just I, I, I hate the Academy so fucking much, mm-hmm. just for that mocap rule. Like, mm, mm. how does Andy Serkis like just just seeing like you see him, you see him in those movies? So, but that's that's what I watched this week. It's, uh, Zach, nice. where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok House Havoc Letterbox by searching my name. And I went to the theaters for the first time in a while, and Woo. we saw Across the Spider Verse. And it was amazing. Now, that's the second time in a while, because you went and saw that Guardians of the Galaxy movie, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I, didn't. <laughs> I can't believe you forgot a date night you had with your gorgeous wife. I wow. I, you know, I'll blame the tiredness. <laughs> but blame uh, Canada. Blame can- for forest fires. Um, yeah. It, awesome. And I'm going to take her on a date to go see it again. This weekend without the kids, so we can focus more closely. <laughs> there we go, Mister Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films that I watch. And I also went to this the theater for the first time in a while. <laughs> By a while, I mean, it's been like a week. <laughs> I, went, I haven't seen a movie since I saw Spider-Verse last Thursday. But I went and saw Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Oh. I had a good time. Oh, nice. I, after Bumblebee, I was very interested in this film. Uh, I won't say I was excited, per se, but I was very interested. And honestly, I think it... I think it delivers the Transformers goods that I was hoping it would deliver. And the human characters don't suck like they do in all the Michael Bay films. Hmm. And um, they're actually humans that I like and I want to root for. And uh, the guy who plays Danny Rojas in um, Ted Lasso is a Transformer now. And I'm very excited about that. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. So, so I would say if you like Bumblebee, you might like this film. Yeah. Bumble, Bumblebee was good. All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, Wilson, which you can rent on Amazon, Apple TV, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube. Excellent. Uh, you, can, you can also find it for free on YouTube. It, okay. the, whole, the whole fucking thing is just free on there. Don't pay <laughs> nice. for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) All right. So, with that, we're going to wrap it up. And I'm going to thank Trav, our producer, for producing our show. Uh, You can catch him on his sister, on our sister podcast, Loving Up with Benjamin Banks. You can thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can thank Megan and J. Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscarsity Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice 
five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm! Almighty! Five stars. This suddenly become a fucking board <laughs> film? Yes. <laughs> Play Moby over there? Uh, so for Jonathan, Zach, and Zach's keyboard, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>